0: welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro.
1: And I'm Samir Vasta. Each episode of the Open Government Podcast brings you an interview with someone working
0: in open government and citizen engagement in their community. And today we have Jean-Noé Landry from Open North, who has been doing some amazing work in this open government and open data space for a number of years now. So much so that Open North is now heavily involved with setting standards with the Open Government Partnership, uh, on an international scale. So it's really sort of amazing to see this sort of homegrown story get so big. And why don't we start with that, jean Can you tell us a little bit about how Open North All got started and how you've sort of driven the conversation to the point you're at right now?
2: Absolutely. So um, standards. Well, standards aren't necessarily the uh, the most sexiest topic when you think of uh, open data. And uh, the reason why we got uh, involved in this space wasn't necessarily about standards, but it was about open data. And so we came from uh, from the Montreal community of open data enthusiasts and, uh, and activists uh, through Montréal Ouvert, which was the main kind of citizen-driven initiative uh, out of Montreal that I helped co-found. Um, and this was really early, kind of early days in the, in the Montreal conversation here about open data and tackling some uh, big issues around transparency and the fight against corruption. Um, so through through the mobilization that took place in Montreal, uh, James McKinney founded uh, Open North in 2011. Um, and uh, are the areas of like specialization that uh, Open North uh, gradually developed uh, were really around the issue of how citizens want to engage with democratic institutions in new and modern ways. Um, and so for that, Open North creates online tools um, that are meant to educate and empower citizens to participate actively in democracy. So big picture, big principles, um, and uh, through that we've been able to do some, some really great things around Canada, but then also, as you said, uh, around the world, especially around standards.
1: Jean-Noé, I want to look into this kind of idea of, of Canada kind of helping the world shape this discussion. What does Canada have to teach? Why are we in a good position to be leading this discussion? It's a good question.
2: Um, I think if you just by nature of our geography, Canada operates at different levels of jurisdic- jurisdiction. So it really makes sense that you know uh, uh, local governments are able to not only connect with one another, but then. Uh, have a, uh, an integrated approach in terms of how they share data, how you're able to analyze data across boundaries. So that's one of the main areas of Canada's strength, is that by virtue of its geography, we need to be able to collaborate and to talk to each other in effective ways. So it makes sense that open data through the OGP, through the Open Government Partnership, uh, is taking a leadership role uh, in the open data space around the world, as we can see from its latest iteration of its uh, action plan uh, that just came out about a couple of weeks ago.
0: Now, Jean-Noé, one of the conversations that we had while at the OGT Montreal event was because you guys are based in Montreal, and Montreal's been in the news uh, for the last few years with regards to corruption, and one of the things I was fascinated at was a perspective, I forget who provided it, but essentially it was that a lot more people started to to get engaged with open data in Montreal because of this corruption issue but they ended up staying engaged, not because of corruption, but because of so many other things related to open data. Is my memory fuzzy on this? Like no. <laughs> you're absolutely right, um, I mean we started gradually in
2: Montreal, right you don 't want to start uh, talking about corruption when you meet a, a public official or a uh, you know an elected uh, politician right away if you talk about open data. so we started gradually talking about you know different types of data sets and then you know we, we all recognized that we had a, a big issue here which isn 't unique to to Montreal and actually is uh, an issue that we 're facing uh, you know around the world and around Canada and this is corruption and so one of the uh, the big hackathons that we organized here. I think it was in 2010, so right before Open North was actually uh, founded, was uh, hacking corruption. And actually, it's funny you mention it because in a couple of months, uh, towards the end of December or mid December, there's going to be the third edition of that hackathon. So people have been working uh, and continuing to work on, on different projects that were initially started at, the, at the, that hacking space. Um, and I think this really kind of uh, makes a good connection towards looking at hackathons beyond single one-off events, but really stretching out that collaborative uh, and co-construction process really over a period of time to really build communities of practitioners that are interested in common issues. And in this case, it was around corruption. but. You know, we're not just known for corruption, thankfully. There's also a lot of other examples of great initiatives like EcoHack and uh, GeoHack and other uh, experiences that have really taken a, uh, a root in, in the way that we organize here. So you have this technological lens through open data, but then you also have this kind of very um, vibrant civic activist community. So those two communities now are kind of coming together, and we're seeing more of the, the entrepreneur kind of startup scene getting interested in open data, which is great.
1: I'm really glad that you said it's, it's, it's not just about corruption, but you know, as Richard identified, the, the corruption and the scandal kind of was what got a lot of people into this uh, and they've stayed around. If In absence of scandal, because obviously we don't want too many of those, what are some <laughs> other tools that you found are, are useful for engaging larger swaths of the community that are not just the typical people that we always get?
2: Sure. Well, I mean, I think just, uh, you know, one of the services, one of the websites that we've created is called Citizen Budgets. Uh, and so that's a, an online budget simulator. We've sold that to about 30 municipalities around Canada now. Um, and it makes sense, right? I mean, you want to have new tools to connect with citizens to help them, uh, you know, inform your decision-making in these tough times where we have to cut budgets or we have to make really difficult decisions about, you know, which services we want. So this budget simulator, I think, kind of is a response to, um, You know, the the people want to have more trust. They want to have and they, they want to be able to design and create services that are more adapted to their needs and they want to have a say in how their money is being spent. So a tool like Citizen Budget actually kind of You know, connect uh, connect citizens, elected officials, and also uh, bureaucrats into this collaborative process where, you know, it's more transparent, more accountable, and you're able to share the burden of, you know, difficult choices and put citizens in the shoes of elected officials that need to make those choices on your behalf.
1: So Open North is doing all of these projects, they're working with the community, they're creating products and services. I'm going to ask you perhaps a sticky question, is that how do you sustain this all? Uh, We're always looking for examples of people that can build business or build uh, organizations on top of open government. How does Open North do that?
2: Yeah, so about uh, about thirty to forty percent of our revenue comes from uh, you know government grants. We also get uh, other types of uh, of contracts. We get public support. We are uh, fortunate to be funded by the uh, the McConnell Foundation also through its social innovation program, um, and then you know specific government contracts to to build, for example, uh, uh, their open data portals. Uh, we also have uh, an initiative now in Quebec working with different municipalities to create a a pan Quebec. Uh, uh, open data portal um you know, where it's going to be a one-stop shop where uh, putting ourselves in the shoes of data users, you won't have to go and start looking at different uh, websites, uh, which will still be existing, but you'll be able to go and connect on one portal that's more dynamic where, you know, hopefully we'll be able to play a role in uh, facilitating a vibrant ecosystem that brings together different communities of of users and practitioners of of the data, public data. But, you know, those types of websites now are, are getting... Uh, more traction. I think it's the first in, uh, in Canada. I think there's one that started in, uh, in B.C. as well, but we're hoping that this model in Quebec can be uh, transferred elsewhere around the country, too.
1: So we obviously love the work that you're doing, and we're glad that you found a way to sustain yourself. In the future, um, you know, apart from some of the stuff that you're already doing for sustainability, how do you look at scaling, and what do you think you need in order to keep doing the work you're doing and perhaps on a larger level?
2: Yeah, that's a really difficult question to uh, to answer. I think uh, you know if you, if you talk about scale for uh, you know for open data. You can scale, scale upwards, you know, get more decision makers to, to be involved in this. You can scale out, right, broadening the scope of people and, and the diversity and inclusivity of different types of stakeholders that are interested in open data. Um, and then you can, you know, scale deep, you know, uh, you know, getting more meaningful and kind of solving deeper issues, more complex issues through open data. And here we're, we're getting at fact-based policy making, which is a very exciting area and I think one of the outcomes that we're hoping uh, to see with open data. But then, on a historical scale, we also realize that we 're doing something that is you know unprecedented so that 's also uh, fascinating and then on a value scale, you know all the work that we do uh, is uh, is open source uh, and you know nonpartisan also so we 're operating on different types of scales. I think um, what 's really important to, uh, for us is to stay true to to, the, to those core values uh, that informs the open data movement because this is really about uh, I think a historical global movement uh, of change, and I think you know, it's important to share our good ideas, it's important to be able to collaborate effectively, and this is again where standards and like, data specifications across boundaries be- are becoming a very, very hot and important, if not an, insen- an essential way of looking at open data as we start building these new, institutional, uh, in- uh, these new institutions and new ways of engaging with our governments and with each other.
0: Well, it's, it's, I've always been impressed with what James McKinney, yourself, and the rest of the Open North team has been able to do. And I've shared this story to anybody who's willing to listen. A lot of the motivation behind the Open Government Tour was duplicating the hand-holding that James McKinney did for me as I entered into this world of Open Government and Open Data. So. It's nice. Open North is, yes, very much involved in all these grandiose things, but it's also nice to know that you guys are not forgetting the little guy. You're taking those moments to sort of walk us through the process. And thank you for that. Thank you for taking part in the podcast here today, Jean Noy, and uh, keep being that sort of gleam to to aim towards for us Canadian engaged citizens. (laughs) I'm so honored. And
2: please, if I can just make a plug, we will be uh, sharing more information about the Open Data Summit, the Canadian Open Data Summit, that we're organizing on May 25th in Ottawa. So please stay tuned. We'll be sharing more information about that, and I hope that people can come from across the country. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you. Definitely something to look forward to. That was Jean-Noé Landry from Open North on the Open Government podcast. Thanks all for joining us today, and we'll be back soon with our next interview with someone in the Open Government community.
0: If you've got any questions about today's episode, if you'd like to reach out to jean or Open North, direct, Open North directly, you can do so via Twitter. Jean-Oy, what is your Twitter handle and Open North's Twitter handle?
2: Uh, yeah, so I, I actually just use Open North's Twitter handle, so it's uh, at OpenNorth, which is easy.
0: And there you go. Or you can always make a send us a tweet on the hashtag, which is OGT Pod. My Twitter handle is at Richard Pietro. And until next time. We'll be